The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. This year, she's in the class. I'm if surprised she, get she in, wasn't. I'm going to say, I would assume, not knowing that, that she was already in, personally. If she doesn't get in this time. Jeez, I figured she was already in. You know the name of the song, right? I got to listen to the words and yep. sing it in my head a little bit longer. The, the chorus may give you a clue. That's what I'm wait, waiting for. She was so good. She is so Uh-huh. Good. There we go. <laughs> From, you know, Mad Max and the Thunderdome. Uh-huh. This is the theme song for today's show, Carrie. We don't need another hero. Because do we, is there a hero that's going to emerge in our broken no. Congress? No. Is Joe Biden our hero? Uh, no. Donald Trump wasn't exactly the hero. Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, you know. I think he did a lot of good things. I know he gets, you know. Well, maybe. He may, oh, okay. See, I think he did a lot of, good, a lot things of good things for the country and put our country first. I think he, the Rona killed him. The Rona's the one who's winning here. All right, but maybe there's our next hero. Over the course of a long expansion, these persistent disparities can decline significantly. But Chairman Powell speaking in for New York economics. When the economy economy ultimately turns down, these late-breaking improvements in the labor market did not result in unwanted upward pressures on inflation, as might have been expected. In fact, inflation did not even rise to two percent on a sustained basis. There was every reason to expect that the labor market could have strengthened even further without causing a worrisome increase in inflation, were it not for the onset of the pandemic. Thanks, China. Mm-hmm. The state of our labor market today could hardly be more different. Despite the surprising speed of the recovery early on, we are still very far from a strong labor market whose benefits are broadly shared. The K-shaped recovery. Employment in January of this year was nearly 10 million below its February 2020 level, a greater shortfall than the worst of the Great Recession's aftermath. After rising to 14.8% in April of last year, the published unemployment rate has fallen relatively swiftly, reaching 6.3% in January. But published unemployment rates during COVID have dramatically understated the See, t- deterioration here's in the labor the key. market. Most importantly, the pandemic has led to the largest 12-month decline in labor force participation since at least 1948. Fear of the virus and the disappearance of employment opportunities in the sectors most affected by it, such as restaurants, hotels, and entertainment venues, have led many to withdraw from the workforce. All right, so... At the same time... You know, he, he's throwing the tens out there, Kerry, and that's what he's saying. He's saying he's bringing up the inflation debate. Right. The deflation debate is raging right now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of... He's, you know, in other words, how can they be talking about another $1.9 trillion spending package? Isn't that just going to cause, you know, and and Carrie, have you heard anyone mention the term hyperinflation? Uh, Quite a few and actually quite a few in the since the first of the year. Now, so but he's saying is we've got the tens. In other words, 10 million still unemployed. And he's saying, really, regardless of what the jobs report 
you know, at the beginning of the month said that, you know, it was a 6.3% unemployment. He said, really, when you take the errors and the, and the, panda- the pandemic shutdown alter- alterations, it's really more like 10%. So with 10% unemployment, real unemployment, and 10 million out of work, there is a lot of people think, how are you going to have inflation under those circumstances? All right. Um, so we'll we'll uh, but we are going to, you know, talk a lot about the inflation debate because um, it's, it's rare, Carrie, today that, you know, I, I don't a client that I'm talking to isn't asking me about it. And, you know, and so we'll talk a little bit about that, not only today, but, you know, throughout the year as well. So you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. You found Financial Food for Thought. And Carrie, uh, why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought, as Mark just said. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10, and we're here to give you helpful information and financial news and and things that you may want to be aware of. And that's true whether you're working or you've been retired for a long time and knowing the opportunities that exist and understanding that there's choices that you have. A lot of times people just don't do anything. They let the cards fall where they may, and that ends up actually costing them more in dollars than they realize, or if they could have made another choice and been proactive, they actually would have got got to keep more of their hard-earned dollars. And there's plenty of um, planning strategies um, out there, and those are things that we talk about and making you aware of issues and concerns that people have. And many people have a lot of concerns when it comes to their financial life today, whether it be inflation, market volatility, rising health care costs is a big one, and future tax increases with all, with all the government spending, Not even though, not, and also the low interest rate environment. I know we've talked to clients in the past week, you know, CDs maturing and the renewal rates are pretty rough out there. Um, but we're, um, this show is sponsored by the estate planning team, and the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm that's been around Cleveland more than 35 years, helping people solve problems, save money, use opportunities in this complicated tax code, and take steps necessary while they're working and then into retirement to get more net benefit. And we're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's list. And we offer a free consultation And we're doing those either by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from the type of planning that we offer. And we're not investment advisors. We do look at clients' assets in terms of risk, growth, and tax efficiency, and fixed and growth, and what growth rate they need to make their plan last. Um, But we work with our clients' existing investment advisors, or in some cases, the clients do the investments on their own. And we're big on coordination of advisors if you haven't listened to the show before. So if you want to take advantage of a free no-obligation consultation, we have both affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainer fees. So if you need a little bit or a lot of help, maybe you're faced with a pension election, IRA distribution planning, timing of Social Security, or Roth conversions, and much more, that's 440-239-2090. That's 440 Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And the website also has our previous radio shows, our podcast, if you've missed some of the weeks. And you can sign up for newsletters, which has alerts and other helpful information. All right. Thanks, Carrie. So, yeah. So the theme of today's show is uh, we don't need another hero. Um, now I could talk about Valentine's Day, Carrie, but I mean, who cares? Who cares? I <laughs> mean, you and I've been married a lot. Both. Well, I mean, is, is anyone in the pan? Is is anyone into Valentine's Day? I, I mean, the only one I'm kissing, Carrie, is the Rona goodbye. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, I mean, with this, you're not kissing your wife on Valentine's social Day. Social <laughs> distancing, Carrie. It's tough. Through, it's, 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 it's tough through that double mask. Yeah. it's not the same feeling. Um, so you know, it, it's so for you know, what so. You know, who's going to be the hero? Um, And so, you know, so we have this inflation debate. Well, also, let me just kind of say what else I want to get to today, Carrie, because I know I never run out of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But the uh, so I also want to talk today about, um, you know, we're, you know, we're taping the show on Friday, Mm -hmm. which is the official kickoff of the tax filing season. 
you know, somewhat delayed right. you know, by the IRS because they were kind of busy, you know, getting those second round of stimulus checks out. We're talking about how that's going to affect your tax return, especially now we're thinking that there will be a third round coming, Gary, right? Right. Um, you know, maybe that's our hero, you know, you know, the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs who are forcing you know, along with uh, Joe Biden to make sure that this uh, stimulus package that they're working on includes a third round of stimulus checks. You know, that 1400. It's right. not AOC's 2000, but it's Joe Biden's 1400. Okay. So so do we need or more heroes like them. Carrie, isn't right? it technically Trump told them to give him 2000? Uh, oh, who's that? Carrie? <laughs> All right. Um, now, the so. So, you know, but the idea is it's it's kind of based on your 2020, right, mm-hmm. tax return, which hasn't been filed yet, all right, um, unless you filed this morning, which, well, I mean, you might have filed it, but IRS isn't going to start processing them until today, the 12th. So, you know, but the question is, depending on what you expect your 2020 tax liability to be, what your expected adjust, really adjusted gross income to be, whether or not you want the IRS using your 2019 tax return to determine if and how much of a stimulus check you get, or do you want them using the 2020? See, for the first two rounds, they use the 2019 return. Unless, of course, you hadn't filed the 2019 return yet, then perhaps they use your 2018 tax return. But now, since this third round isn't going to happen until actually after the 2020 filing processing season begun. Now the, the, the thinking is, yeah, they will use the 2020 return if they get it in time. In other words, if it's processed by the time they determine what and how much you should be getting in the third round of stimulus check. So um, we'll talk about that today too. Um, but, you know, back to the, um, you know, back to the the inflation debate, because, again, how does it affect you? In other words, we always say on this show, you know, when you build a financial model, you know, you have to make conservative and realistic assumptions. And, of course, one that we always talk a lot about with our clients is, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, what rate of inflation do you want to use on your expenses? Now, we go a bit deeper than maybe the robot on the Internet is asking you. You know, a lot of times they say, you know, what are your expenses and what inflation rate you want? Carrie, we go a bit deeper with our clients, right? We break down expenses into the different categories, and we're using different inflation rates based on the characteristic of the expense. Um, You know, so that gets some more realistic, but it's still the idea of what you, you know, want to run your um, model on um, because not everyone is under the same page there. As a matter of fact, not everyone agrees on whether or not we are going to have inflation, uh, you know, you know, rear its ugly head or not. All right. Um, so, you know, so here's a recent article, Carrie. Okay. The, the heated debate has raged among economists and policymakers about whether we face a serious risk of inflation. That debate has focused largely on the Federal Reserve, especially on whether the Fed has been too aggressive in increasing the money supply, whether it has kept interest rates too low, and whether it can be relied on to reverse course if signs of inflation emerge. Hmm. Oh, I, actually, I'm sorry. Actually, that's a mistake. That's not a recent article. That was from a decade ago. Hmm. So, but it's different this time, right, Carrie? It's always been different because I know I've been listening to the inflation, you know, you know, criers who's, you know, ever since Ben Bernanke, you know, who was running the Fed back in the 2008, you know, greatest mm-hmm. recession, you know, started the QE and that oh, here comes hyperinflation, and I've been waiting for it, and Not waiting happening. for it, and waiting for it. And it hasn't happened yet. Um, you heard in the beginning clip, you know, Powell talking about, you know, even in after the Great Recession um, that never got up. You know, the Fed is stymied on why inflation isn't at 2% yet. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and part of that is how can you have inflation when you've got the 10s, meaning, you know, 10 million unemployed and 10% real um, unemployment rate. All right. 
Um, so it's nothing new, and there's a lot of people out there, call it a scare tactic, call it whatever you want, mm-hmm. who have been you know, you know, know, saying that hyperinflation is on the way. Right. Now, again, um, a lot of people don't think, you know, Jay Powell would be able to see inflation coming if he was using the Hubble telescope. Right? Okay. Uh, um, but, you know, I always say I think the people that run the feds are pretty smart people. Right. At least I think they're smarter than perhaps our congressmen. Oh, I, I, I think most people will give you that. Um, no. And, and so, you know, I don't you, think our congressmen are dumb. I think they're self-serving. Um, mm. No, no, I don't think they're dumb either. <laughs> I think I'm just very, saying. I think, I think they're all about them. I mean, I think the Fed, though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying they're, they're economic, you know, uh, right. prowess. I guess. Um, I mean, you, you know. So we'll see because Ben Bernanke, you know, you know. So we had that history. Then, of course, you had Janet Yellen succeed Ben Bernanke, and now she's Treasury Secretary, and now you've got Jay Powell, who, um, you know, again. Um, is is uh, Jay, is is Joe Biden? You know, Powell was you know appointed by President Trump, mm-hmm. serving a term I believe ends in twenty twenty two. Okay, um, and then it will be up to President Biden to what whether to do with him. you know. So was you know so so a lot of people think Jay is you know um, auditioning or not auditioning. What I'm saying, interviewing <laughs> for his second term. Okay, um, so you know we could. Um, but, you know, and so why were so many people concerned when Bernanke started the QE, you know, after the Great Recession? Um, well, you know, again, because a lot of people thought, well, you can't just, you know, give all that money. Right. Right. Um, you know, and so he was interviewed. I'm talking about Bernanke. Right? So he was interviewed in 2009 and 60 Minutes, Carrie. OK. Um and they asked him that, you know, they, they kind of said, you know, they asked about the federal government's one trillion. That sounds cheap right now. One yeah, trillion, um, uh, one trillion bailout of the banking system in the 2008 financial crisis. Bernanke was asked if the one trillion came from the taxpayers. He said, no, it was printed. Well, and, and that raised a lot of eyebrows when he said yeah, that. I, I agree. Uh, that, like, um, excuse me. And, you know, and. It, you know, he, he went out, his quote was, you know, it's not tax money. The banks have accounts with the Fed much the same way that you have an account in a commercial bank. So to lend to a bank, we simply use the computer to mark up the size of the account that they have with the Fed. It's much more akin to printing money than it is to borrowing. And, you know, and, and, the, and Scott Pelley, who, who was the 60 Minutes correspondent, says, so you're printing money? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, Virginia. They are printing the money. Right. This $1.9 trillion, if Biden gets that passed, they're printing that. Does everybody get that? I would hope so. It's not. Yes, they're printing it. If you want to know where it's coming from, they're printing it. Plain and and eventually okay. there's going to be a bill okay. doing it. And, you know, and so so the, the, the guy from 60 Minutes didn't know that. You know, so you've been printing money, Ben? And uh, he said, well, yeah, effectively, you know, and we need to do that. Because our economy is very weak and inflation is very low. Kind of like where we are today. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, a lot of people would say we are, we're in a K-shaped recession or a K-shaped recovery, depending how you want to look at it. Okay. Meaning, you know, there are a lot of people are doing very, very fine, very well right now, but there's a lot of people doing very, very right. bad. Okay. Um, and so, and we do have low interest rates. So, you know, it's part of the modern, you know, um, Theory, you know, modern monetary theory, and, and it's and it's just so yeah. So um, so when after that, after that sixty minutes interview, he kind, you know, Bernanke kind of got the nickname Helicopter Ben, you know, which is you know a Milton Friedman, you know, okay. you know, you I always talk about helicopter money, right? Um, you know, and you know where where he quoted Friedman on the importance of conjoining fiscal and monetary policies. Um, you know, and that's what we have to have happen. You know, so that's what I'm hopeful for, that you've got, uh, uh, you know, the, the the fiscal side working hand in hand with the monetary side. Right. Meaning the White House or the Treasury right. working hand in hand with the Federal Reserve. Right. And, and Janet Yellen and Jay Powell are friends. Obviously, they work together. Right. Um, and and they're smart people. They're smart people. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But, you know, but but there's a... Uh, you know, but there's, I think there's still, you know, so when a client, 
ask me, Mark, um, should I be worried about hyperinflation? Um, I really wonder if they know what hyperinflation is, Carrie. Um, so, you know, because I'm not sure what I, I kind of say, well, what do you mean, Mrs. Smith, about right. hyperinflation? Um, it might not be what I'm thinking in right. my mind. Hyperinflation is, you know, I, I mean, Carrie, I know what hyperinflation is. You, okay. know, you know, my father-in-law is from Hungary. OK. Um, and, and do you know what happened to Hungary in 1945? Um, you mean a loaf of bread costs whatever, it, you know, 10 times the yeah, normal so, cost? Yeah. So, so my father-in-law, Tibor Lavagi, OK, uh, who, by the way, passed away last year in a pandemic shutdown nursing home. OK. So we weren't even able to go in and celebrate his 97th birthday before he passed. Which is terrible. Thanks, China. Right. All right. Um, anyway, so he was born in Hungary, um, served in the Hungarian army in World War II, a tank brigade. Um, his house was bombed, basically. Um, 18 years old, didn't have much to go back to in Hungary. Right. It was either the Nazis or the, uh, you, know, you know, the Russians. Hmm. Okay. Um, and caught, you know, caught a boat out of there, luckily. Um, now, so... Because because that if you want to know what hyperinflation is, look to Hungary mm-hmm. in 1945, 46. Okay. All right. Um, so it was economically devastated. Right. Um, owing it to the unfortunate status as a war zone, obviously, you know, estimates indicate that 40 percent of Hungary's capital stock was destroyed in the conflict. Before this, it engaged in a wild debt fueled ramp up in production to support the German war effort. Okay. But Germany never paid for the goods. Okay. When Hungary signed a peace treaty with the Allies in 1945, it was ordered to pay the Soviets massive reparations, which accounted for 25 to 50 percent of Hungary's budget during its hyperinflationary episode. Ugh. Meanwhile, the country's monetary policy was essentially co-opted by the Allied Control Commission. You know, Hungarian central bankers warned that printing money to pay the bills would not end well. But the Soviets, who dominated the commission, turned a deaf ear to those warnings, which led some to conclude that hyperinflation was designed to achieve a political objective, the destruction of the middle class. Hmm. Okay. Um, Now, you could say, well, what is, so what was Hungary's inflation rate? Because what's today's, what's our inflation rate today, I mean, today, we Carrie? do it in our plan, 3.5% for well, day-to-day, which is that. a little bit higher than what it currently is. But that counts for, that's being conservative and accounts for the time that it's right. lower and higher. And Right. So, but let's go back a minute. Let's, let's okay. go back. I mean, I'm saying, what does the federal, what, what does the government say? You know, it, it's saying it's 2%, may not even 2%. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but they don't include groceries and gla- gas. Which well, even could, any of right. it, Carrie, okay. any, you know, but the idea, because it can't, because fuel would, would right. completely disrupt it, you know. So, um, because when fuel prices drop, it would say inflation's right. nothing. Nobody, you know, you no. can't have it both ways. Right. But food, so just I throw would it think, out. Right. Well, food is based upon world, you know, right. you know, conditions. Um, so, but anyway, so, okay. Yeah. I'm not saying inflation won't go up. I mean, the Federal Reserve is saying we're, we want it to go up. We're willing it to go above two. We'll let it float above two. So that, see, but we, you just mentioned, we never left. They say planning team, we never left the three to three and a half percent inflation on daily right. living expenses and the four to six percent inflation that we're using for like health right. medical insurance or college education funding or something right. like that. Something that has a little bit higher inflation rate than, than the price of bread. Mm-hmm. We never left that unless a client wanted us to leave that. And by the way, one of the benefits of working with a state planning team, or or if you're doing this at home, you can, you know, it's your plan, not mine. I'll I'll use whatever inflation rate you want. I mean, the way we build a plan is just about every expense category, we can put on whatever inflation rate we want at all, at at any time. Right. Just toggle that up and down independently. Um, Because not all expenses go up at the same rate of inflation. That's not real. Mm -hmm. All right. But what's real hyperinflation? So, yeah, I grant you, it, it, we could see inflation go up to three, three and a half. But, but is, hyperinflation mean hyper in itself, meaning it's going up. I would well, say. Well, you know what Hungary's two, was? 
Go on, what, give me a I guess. I was going to say, I would think hyper would be 10 or more, maybe three times the average or more. In what time period? Uh, in a couple of years. Okay. So hyperinflation in Hungary was doubling every 15 hours. I was going to say, so that's a s- extreme That's a case 207%. The prices were doubling every 15 hours. That's insane. Who can live? Right. How can you live? That's hyperinflation. Or that's an extreme example of hyperinflation. um, So, you know, if if, so, if you're worried about USA having a hyperinflation, what is your definition of hyperinflation? Right. Because I think people's definition. But the thing of it is, because of what we do at the estate planning team, if you're worried about it and you want us to run a parallel plan of a 6% inflation rate or 10 on day to day, and you just want to see for fun, what if that happened? Not for fun, but, you know, for my peace of mind, how that's going to impact me. We can do that with the kinds of plans and the detail that we get into. The thing that you're worried about, you can model that and show you the long-term effect. But also, we can have that conversation on what's realistic instead of just the worry. Right. So, yeah, Carrie, so Hungary was an extreme example. But, you know, basically, most people typically define hyperinflation um, where you have more than a 50% increase per month. Okay. It's the idea, though, it's a rapid, you know, excessive, out of control price increases. Okay. Right? Uh, now, so we all know what inflation is. I don't think we have to be worried about hyperinflation, but there are some other things that could kind of get thrown out there that maybe we do have to be worried about. How about deflation? Okay. That's where you have a decline in prices for goods and services. Okay. Um, so in other words, when the inflation dips below 0%. Well, I don't think we're really worried about that right now. Right. But what about a deflation spiral? Hmm. This is a downward price reaction to an economic crisis leading to lower production, lower wages, decreased demand, and still lower prices. It's spiraling down. So is that happening right now? I don't know. In other words, I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of people think that we may have a burst of inflation, meaning that there's a lot of pent-up spending demand, right? Revenge mm-hmm. spending once everything opens up again. Or that we have a supply chain, you know, do, you know, problem globally because of the shutdown. So, you know, we can't get goods and services. Right. And that as soon as that opens up again, as soon as everything opens again, you know, Americans are going to go on this buying spree and that's going to spike up inflation. But that might not be sustainable. Right. I, I mean, in other words, if you're waiting to do a big purchase, you don't just do the big purchase every week to get caught up. No, that's not realistic. Right. It, 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 it's, 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 it's a burst, right? And it might not be sustaining. How about what, you know, a lot of people are worried about is stagflation. This is bad, Gary. Okay. okay. So stagflation is, uh, you know, recession inflation. You know, in other words, when inflation is high... And the economic growth rate is slowing and unemployment remains steadily high. Hmm. hmm. Okay. The, you know, and, and that's what happened in the 1973-75 recession, right? We went into stagflation, right? And again, it happened in 78. Um, now, this is a big dilemma for the economic policy, you know, makers, you know, because the, what they, what the, like in this case, what the Fed or what the PACs to the government tries to do. Um, you know, intending to lower inflation may actually exasperate the, uh, the unemployment. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No. So this is where, you know, you've got to have that um, you've got to have that coordinated effort, you know, between the Federal Reserve and the monetary policy and the White House or, you know, the Treasury in the um, fiscal policy to try to work together to try to get this, you know, back to, you know, out of this recession and back to normality. And whether you're worried about inflation, low interest rates, rising health care costs and future tax increases, you know, now more than ever, you need to have a plan and work with a trusted advisor uh, to start taking advantage of opportunities and know where you stand, where you're headed and what maneuvers to make. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation to see if we can help, what we do is that traditional financial planning modeling and we have hourly and comprehensive retainer options. But either way, we're willing to meet with you by phone or in person with precautions um, to 
see if we can help you or what value and benefit we may be able to provide you. You can call the estate planning team and leave a message and we'll get back to you. We are in the office Monday morning um, at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and I have with me this morning, Mark Donnelly. And so, okay, let's, um, so I did want to mention, um, you know, well, about the, uh, the stimulus checks come up, but, you know, see, here's the point. Yeah. We don't know if the Federal Reserve is going to be successful in, in maneuvering this soft landing or to get us out of this Rona recession without hyperinflation mm-hmm. or even any type of inflation or maybe even worse, stagflation. Um, but you know, again, the economic data is mixed, right? You know, the mm-hmm. weekly jobless claims wasn't great. Okay, no, came in not at, again. It came in seven hundred ninety-three thousand, worse than the projection of seven hundred sixty thousand. And the previous week was revised negatively up. You know, to add another you know forty-four thousand you know jobless claims. You know, so that take that's so the revised number last week was eight hundred twenty-three thousand. All right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, I don't know if I don't think we're out of this, the woods yet, you know, in, in terms of the, you know, Rona either being from the health risk or the economic risk. So the idea is it. But, it, you know, it, if you're running your financial model, what do you want to assume? Um, and, and you were mentioning before. Yeah. So we're having a discussion with all our clients right now. And we're saying, okay, to revise your plan, do you want to run a a plan R, you know, for the Rona plan or the recession plan um, or, you know, and and say, okay, do you want to adjust what we were using in your plan for inflation rates? And you can be as creative as you want. You can say, well, I think it's going to be, you know, 1.8% this year. I think it's going to be, you know, 2.25% next year. Then it's going to, you know, go jump up to three. Then it's going to jump up to four. Uh, then it's going to settle back down at three. I mean, it, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's the idea of, of expanding. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to rethink or it, it, you can't do that mathematics in your head. You can't say, how is my 30 year plan looking if I'm using 3% inflation versus 2% versus 4%. Right. Um, you know, but the, but the, the robot can, except the robot may forget to ask you whether you want to use different inflation rates. Mm-hmm. They're not that smart yet. Right. Now, someday they will be, you know, they'll replace you and me, Carrie. I hope um, not. But, you know, it's not. I hope I'm long gone you know, when that happens. Um, it doesn't quite, hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, so I just want to mention, you know, that the, uh, so it looks like we will get a third round of the stimulus checks, Carrie, right? At least some of us will. Um, now, Have they worked out the threshold? I swear, every couple of days I see a different article on if you're an individual day, making Gary, this or if you're a couple making this. Or then I see the next day a trending story on my phone. Or... Carrie, Carrie, the articles are like the Hungarian hyperinflation. <laughs> every 15 hours, you're getting five different, you know. Th- exactly. Nobody knows. Okay. Nobody knows. That's the bottom answer. I keep seeing all different answers. Yeah, nobody knows. When are they going to work that out? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that could use, if they're going to do it, they need to make a decision. It it won't be by Valentine's Day, Carrie. You think? Um, It'll probably be worked out by mid-March. You think? Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, they got to get through this this other little proceeding they're having on Capitol Hill right now. Um, But it looks like that'll be over soon. And then, then they can get back to work on the stimulus package. Um. So, but here's the the issue now. Um, it, it's it's getting kind of confusing, Carrie. Um, who's going to get the stimulus checks? Who deserves the stimulus check, and who doesn't, and and things like that. Because now it, the the time span is 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 gonna gonna come become another year, right? In other words, so in the first two rounds. It was based on your 2019 tax return because there was no way you had your 2020 tax return filed yet, right? So they had to use your 2019 tax return, even though it's a 2020 issue. 
it, right. it's really it's a tax refund of your 2020 taxes. It's basically what right. it is. OK, they were advancing it to you. That was right. you know what they were doing. Right. And that's why it's not taxable to you, because it's considered a tax refund. OK. OK. Um, now. But it's like an advance on your tax refund. <laughs> that was the beauty of it. You right. got the check, you know, before you filed the 2020 return. Now, it, and by the way, if, if your 2019 tax return wasn't filed, they perhaps they use your 2018 tax right. return. Right. That caused a lot of problems. Right. But so, but now we've got a third. Now the 2020s may be filed. Your 2020 tax return may be filed before this third stimulus check. Or you know what what they what, what the government always said is you know if you know if you were if you think you deserved either the first, second, and or possibly the third round stimulus checks, and you never got it. All right. There's um, you know, you can recover that. Right. And, and so if you haven't gotten your uh, 1040 tax form for 2020 yet, it's line 30 on the 1040 form called the recovery rebate credit. Right. Um, and that's where, you know, and I'll just and if you haven't got the uh, instructions yet, you know, run down to your public library and, you know, before they're all gone, Carrie, right? And, okay. and grab the, most public libraries have the documents. What you're looking for is the, uh, you know, I have it in my hands here, the 1040 instruction booklet. Okay. Right. Um, and so I'm, you know, and so I'm reading the instructions for the new line 30 recovery rebate credit. Okay. So generally you're eligible to claim the recovery rebate credit in 2020, you know, if you're a U.S. citizen, um, or U.S. resident alien, weren't a dependent on another taxpayer, and have a valid Social Security number. Okay. Um, and then there is actually a worksheet. Okay. You know, a 21 line worksheet. Oh, more work. <laughs> um, yeah, to, to go through and see if, you know, and, and part of that is determining whether you got any of the stimulus checks, maybe just not all of it, or, you know, some other questions as well. So it works down and it says, okay, if you, if, if, if you fill out this worksheet and at the bottom line, it still says the government owes you more, you get it. All right. Um, so it's out, you know, so, you know, and again, so now you might have to, you know, so the point is if you're using a professional tax preparer, don't forget to talk to them about this. Right. Cause he, I don't, I'm assuming they're going to ask you whether or not you're, you know, you got your stimulus checks. Um, you know, um, and, and, you know, and kind of go from there. Now, um, another clarification too, Carrie is a lot of people are saying, well, if I died in 2020, do I still get my check? You mean their spouse is probably asking, um, <laughs> well, they're still voting, <laughs> Carrie. So I yeah. assume that, oh, that's true. I, I, I assume that they're still getting, you know, um, and apparently yes. Okay. So apparently the Congress has kind of clarified clarified that they're not going to claw back uh, stimulus checks for the people who died in 2020. Okay. So I guess if you had somebody die in 2020 and they didn't get the stimulus check, you want to apply for that, you know, recovery rebate. Okay. Um, all right. Now, um, but but the other thing is, too, is um, so now we have a little predicament, Carrie, right, because... What happens if your 2020 adjusted gross income, because that's what they use to base, you know, the, the threshold about whether you get or how much of a stimulus check you get. Okay. Your adjusted gross income. So what happens if your adjusted gross income in 2020 isn't anything like your adjusted gross income in 2019? Hmm. Now, this works both ways, right, Carrie? Because if your 2020 adjusted gross income is a lot higher than 2019, right? You probably want the IRS looking at your 2019 tax return to determine the stimulus check. Okay, but if it goes the other way, if, for example, your 2020 adjusted gross income is going to be a lot lower than the 2019, maybe you retired. You know, it's a simple example. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'd rather have the IRS using your 2020 tax return instead of 2019. Okay, all right. So the idea is saying that may, you know, determine how quickly now that the IRS has opened the 2020 tax processing season, how quickly you want to file your 2020 return. Okay. 
or how late you want to file your 2020 return. Perhaps by filing an extension. Right. Right. Um, now, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we're learning from the IRS. And it looks like the 1400 will stand, you know, Carrie. And so that would be 2800 per couple married jointly and 1400 per dependent. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, if you if if you qualify that based on your 2020, but you didn't qualify that based on your 2019, or vice versa, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, so if 2020 is not filed yet, the IRS is going to use your 2019. If the 2020 is filed in time and not just filed, processed. Okay. Okay. Um, IRS will use the 2020. Okay. Now, if your 2020 return is filed or processed after the IRS sends you a stimulus check, but before July 15th of 2021, okay, um, then, you know, the, you know the, the IRS will send you a second payment for the difference between what your payment should have been based on your 2020 return and any payment actually sent, you know, based on your 29 return. So, you know, that's that reconciliation okay. that has to, you know, take place. So if if you're sitting at home and saying, hmm, Mark, this is interesting, um, you know, should I, you know, so who is, uh, you know, who should be accelerating the filing of their 2020 tax return and who should maybe be delaying filing their 2020 tax return? You know, a lot of times we have this discussion, Carrie, people who are expecting a refund want to file right away. Right. To get their refund. Right. Well, maybe you don't. Depending. Right. Um, so should you file early? Well, again, if your income is going to be lower in 2020, substantially lower, meaning it would make a difference in how much stimulus you get. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you might want to file extension if your income is going to be higher in 2020, substantially. Right. Mm-hmm. What if you've got married? Well, you know, married, get two of those stimulus checks, right, Carrie? Right. Um, so, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe you know, if you got married in 2020, and you weren't married in 2019, you might want to file married. Right. Okay. Um, whatever you became single in 2020, divorced. Um, not, because we already know the dead people still get them, right? Uh, but, right. You know, but what if you got divorced and didn't kill your ex-husband, right? You know, well, then, you know, you, know, you, you might want to delay it and, 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 and have them use your 2019. Um, now, it might not be a big difference, right? Depending on your own numbers, it's it's not you know you got to run your own calculations. Um, how about if you had a child in 2020? Hmm. Okay, um, yeah, and you you know maybe you want to you know get that 2020 filed because that's that extra fourteen hundred dollar you know payment for yeah, a dependent. Um, what happens if your child became ineligible to get it in 2020? Hmm. Uh, you know that remember there was that gap right? right where you know you, you it was up to 17 and right but you're still dependent yeah so maybe they you know the the you still qual you still qualified to get the child stimulus check the dependent stimulus check in 2019 but you don't in 2020 so you know and so again i and, and so these are some of the things that we're you know trying to you know bring to the attention of our clients mm-hmm. right and, and say you know um and 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 the thing is if your tax preparer isn't talking to you about these things. It just means they're busy preparing taxes. <laughs> I mean, maybe you don't want to wait for them to bring it up. Right. Maybe you want to be a little bit proactive and give them a call. And if you're not exactly sure how to bring up the conversation, we do. Right. Okay. And, and you know, that gets back to the idea of using coordinated advisors, okay, to get you the best plan. Right, and coordination advisor could be the tax preparer, the investment person, the attorney, whatever that is. We bring a lot of value to those relationships and those make those meetings as productive as possible. And we offer various services and a lot range of services and help people both who are working or already in their retirement years at the estate planning team. People are looking at Roth contributions, conversions, IRA distribution planning, Social Security elections, pensions, spending, and building these long-term financial models so you know 
what opportunities to take advantage of, what traps you may be headed up for, and how to address those financial disruptors and, and um, deal with all these issues that you may be faced. We try to be as helpful and provide guidance, guidance and clarity as much as it is about solving problems also and saving money. You can take advantage of a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You got Mark Daly and Carrie Waddell, and we've been helping Cleveland families. The state planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it, you know, one plan, one family at a time. Um, and, you know, and and... Over those 35 years, we certainly have gone through a lot of different tax law changes. We've gone through a lot of economic downturns. And estate tax law changes, that's for sure, too. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's just the idea that, um, you know, it, it's, being, <laughs> it's being proactive. You know, it's the idea saying, with all the noise that's out there, What's really affecting me, and I'm going to sharpen my own elbows. I'm not going to ask my neighbor what they're doing. I'm not going to ask my coworker what their plan, what their belief of hyperinflation is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to, you know, do my, you know, due diligence. I'm going to, you know, get my education, and I'm going to work with professionals who can help me navigate this so I don't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is, you know, the coordination of advisors and, and working with people who say, yeah, let's really zero in on your goals and objectives. Um, and if you're waiting for another hero in Congress, I don't know, Carrie. Hold, don't hold your breath. Um, you, know, I don't, you know, I don't know if we, if we need another hero in Congress. You know, we don't need to be shown the way home, Carrie. You know, all we want is life beyond the Rona. Yeah, no can we, kidding. Can we just get back to our future. With no mask. Now, so part of that is what we talked about is, you know, this month we've been talking about how we build a financial plan for clients, You know, meaning that, you know, the idea of the expense pyramid. You know, in right. other words, that's the hardest part of building a financial model is putting a price tag on the rest of your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that really means drilling down to find out what you're really spending. Call it whatever you want. You know, some people get offended when I say it's a budget. Like, well, Mark, I don't want to be on a budget. Well, I don't. Okay, let's not call it a budget. Let's call right. it a cash flow schedule. Right. You know, the idea is if we can get good at determining exactly how much cash flow you need in any given year, we can get good at, at planning what your future looks like as well as the, the try to get it most tax efficient. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're worried about income taxes going up, because I think there's some people worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but so this this idea of inflation, right, um, it, you know, it, it crosses over to that because you, you, you may want to say, well, I want to build my model in case we do have a higher rate of inflation that we've been experiencing in the last 10, 15 years. Okay. Now, you know, you know, you can, you can read your own, you know, what economists believe that inflation is coming. And then the, also the opposing viewpoint of how many, what economists say, no, it's really not coming yet. Um, And regardless, or you may want to one, two plans. One plan, you know, to say maybe the worst case scenario is what I'm after, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. Um, now, another thing too um, about the expenses, you know, because if 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 inflation, if if let's say you run a higher inflation, and that does now show you that your thirty year plan is running short, all right? So do you panic? Do you, you know, do you make a knee-jerk reaction and say, oh, I've got to, you know, work forever or I got to cut out all my discretionary spending, right. you know, or I got to, you know, stop my gifting? It's not usually an all or nothing. No, that's what we want the robot to crunch out. In other words, put a monetary amount on how much spending would have to be cut if inflation runs at 3 to 4% instead of 2 to 3%. Or if you're using a higher rate of inflation for um, 
like healthcare or something. You know, what happens if it runs at five to six percent instead of three to four percent? All right. So that's and, and then then we can model that. We're doing mm-hmm. it on paper. Right. And we're saying, okay, so that means, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, you might not be able to give, you know, uh, your kids the amount of money that you're planning on giving them. Or you might not be able to, you know, uh, you know, uh, vacation, uh, you know, down in Florida for two months of the year till you're 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can only do it till you're 82 years old. Yeah, that may not sound so, but you know. You know it's, that, it's more of that type of approach. That's what we found over the decades means something to our clients because now they can make a, a, a decision. It, having a good economic model leaves you in the decision-making mode. Which a lot of times people with financial or the news get worried and they're emotional, but they have no way to really judge what's possible, what's not. They just say, I'm not going to do it, or I'm not going to get that vacation home, right. or I'm not going to buy that car. And can I just make a note, of, a, a note about family gifting, Carrie, because I mentioned that. You know, okay. Don't forget gifts out of need. See, see, a lot of times when we're building a plan, when we ask the clients about family gifting, they tend to give us what, you know, the Christmas presents are. Right. I said, okay, that's fine. It's, it also comes back to like an emergency fund. You know, a lot of times people, Mark, what should go in my emergency fund? And it's like, well, sometimes we bring up the idea, well, sometimes it's not your emergency. Right. Maybe one of your kids. And they're like, oh, well, that would never happen. Well, it happens all the time. Divorce? Um, as, it was as a job. As a matter of fact, Lending Tree did a survey. Okay. And 35% of Americans, Carrie, said that they had to borrow from family during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's not a small percentage. 35%. And I'm probably in that group, Carrie. Okay. Because, you know, of my four children and one stepchild. Right. Two, I had to, well, one still lives with us. Does that count? Right. I mean... I mean, she'd have to be paying rent if she wasn't living with us. Okay. Um, So so that's one. And the other one who was laid off, you know, in the, in the uh, restaurant industry, laid off, um, paychecks were a a little bit delayed. Right. Um, So we had to, you know, help him out. Right. So two out of five, Carrie, what is that? 40%? Right. (laughs) I'm probably there. (laughs) Right. All right. So, so the question is, you know, that's the idea. That's. Sometimes the robot forgets to ask you, you know, by the way, Mr. And Smith, do you want to also build in these types of, you know, issues that may come up to say, hey, do, am I still going to be OK? Am I going to be in a position where I can help up a family member and still have enough money myself, even if inflation goes up a point or right. two? See, that's what I don't see a lot of, you know, and financial planning is a loosely thrown away right. term. And, you know, we're not investment advisors. We're not attorneys. You know, we don't prepare tax returns. Um, but, you know, we talk about these other types of things. And we say, okay, now, you know, you are, you know, we believe that you will, you know, have get more peace of mind if you have a customized, you know, written financial plan that you've had discussions about these things and you may be running multiple mod, you know, models, not just one. All right, Carrie, I hear the music. Right. And take advantage of a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. And visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Dot com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Happy Valentine's Day, Carrie. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.